This is Paz I Am Radio with your host, Robert Brining and Brady Dale Morris, sharing positive stories from across the United States and around the world. To join the conversation, call 929-477-3572. That's 929-477-3572. Each week, we'll also bring you our exclusive HIV Scoop with Josh Robbins. This is your weekly dose of hope. Pause I Am Radio. Now here's Robert and Brady. have it welcome back brady how are you i am great robert how are you oh i'm amazing wow feel hearing that new intro come in from josh is just so so good to kind of start the new year off on 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 the right foot so you know thanks josh robbins for putting that together for us uh so so happy new year uh how was your uh how was your new year? This is our first show back, you know, in 2019. So let's you know, give a little recap of, you know, how was your new year's? It was great. Um, my partner and I, we started off the new year at an AA meeting and just kind of enjoyed um, each other's company at the new, uh, with the new year. That's, that was about the extent of it. When you get older, all that, not, you know, being in recovery, it's not all the big hoopla like it used to be when I was a kid. So it was, it, yeah, it was a good about it. It was a great, great way to start in the new year. I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. So, well, that's awesome. That's awesome. And how about yours? Yeah, how you was know, your new year? my new year was kind of uh, the same. You know, uh, not the same, but kind of like you know, just uh, you know, I come to the conclusion that I'm almost forty years old. I'll be forty in May, and like you said, New Year's and 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 all that isn't what it used to be when I was a kid and when I was younger. I literally was in bed. I think by 10:30 on New Year's Eve, like I didn't even watch the ball drop. I had, I you know what I mean? Like I just, I I'm just so used to getting up and working so early. It's just my body unwinds early, and I was in bed. I didn't even see the ball drop. We all were in bed. That's the way my partner and his mom, all of us, in bed by 11:30. I love it. Yeah, that's what happened. Life gets in the way, and I'm just, I was just grateful to be here for another year, and went to sleep. <laughs> Yes, yes, I'm excited to be back. Um, so, you know, we've been off since the new year. You know, we're actually in February, so a whole month has gone by. Uh, anything else new and exciting going on with you, um, with the council or anything? Uh, no, things are going really well with the planning council. Um, you know, we had to re- rework our budget. We had um, some cuts, partly due to the Trump administration, but also – we had a little bit of cuts due to the CDC um, cleaning up our numbers, and we had to work out that budget the other day, and that was a pretty intense meeting. But I am very, very blessed to have a very dedicated Part A staff at the health department um, who did a lot of the a lot of the hard work um, before our meeting, the last meeting that we had on Friday. So they made it more more palatable to work through, but. Um, now the planning council is going great, but I probably my biggest new thing is, as most of our listeners know, I, I lost my best friend of almost ten years last October, and um, a little bit after Christmas, a friend of, I found a friend of a friend sent a picture of this beautiful pup that had been dropped at a dumpster, and I immediately fell in love. So I am now 
the proud co-dad of a beautiful little half-husky, half-yellow lab girl named Gazy. And she is keeping me on my toes. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I've seen the pictures on social media. She is totally adorable. I don't think you've taken one photo that was, like, not an, oh, look at how cute. She's just, you instantly fall in love with her. I can see uh, like, and that's why she captivated you. Yes, and, and, and I tell you what, she, she keeps me on my toes, and she's been, she's been really good for me to not only um, to help heal a lot of, of me losing Gabby because, uh, you know, anyone who heard about Gabby, I, I got her uh, literally just a few months before my diagnosis, and um, Gabby helped me, helped me come to terms with being and accept the fact that I was HIV positive and that I had AIDS at the time, and I cried so many tears into that coat of hers. And uh, tell you what, this little girl though, she has has picked right up where where Gabby left off, and and I'm very thankful for her. And it's I'm even more excited to be co-parenting and co-raising her with Joshua. So, so yeah, that's uh, awesome. You know, that's one of the things that has impacted a lot of people is their animals, you know, when it comes to their diagnosis and maybe feeling depressed or feeling down, animals seem to have a way to bring joy back into our lives and kind of remind us to be playful, especially when they're a puppy like that. So that's awesome. I'm glad you found some happiness after that because, you know, losing a, a family member like that is tough. It is. It is. And, and like I said, she's helped me heal in ways that I didn't even know that I was really hurting at the time after losing Gabby. And one of the biggest things is she has completely flipped my life. I, as anyone who knows me well knows that I am typically a night owl. But mm-hmm. with her, I, there have been nights I have gone to bed, Robert, at 8.30 p.m. because I, I knew that she's <laughs> going to wake up either 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. And she doesn't just wake up sleepy. She wakes up on at 10. I mean, on, going at 10. She is just nonstop, go, 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 go. So, ah, the joys of a puppy. <laughs> yes, the joys of a puppy. That's awesome. So, one of the other things that I want to talk about real quickly before uh, uh, we bring our guest on, Jason, I see that he's sitting on the line, uh, is that if you missed it, your time is up. Healthy Voices uh, deadline for submitting applications has closed. It closed yesterday. They actually extended it. Um, to go uh, this year a little bit longer, and it ended yesterday. So good luck to everybody who is applied, and hopefully, you know, everybody, you know, get to experience this conference because for me it's an amazing conference. And, you know, Brady and I are, are working closely with some of the the founders of, of the conference to, to bring something fresh, a new project. We're almost to the point to where we can announce it, um, but I, right. I can't really talk too much about it. We're like, you know, I want to scream it, but it's going to be hopefully coming out the announcement this week. Um, But yeah. So if you missed that, stay tuned to us on social media. Um, You can follow the show at pause radio and we'll have information regarding the new project there. And yeah, so to stay tuned because I'm excited for that. Me too. Now let's give me chills every time I think about it. Yes, yes. But I'm so excited, Robert, to talk to our guest today. He has completely captivated and captivated me, and I am so intrigued by our guest today. Tell us about him. 
So um, Jason is somebody who I came across on Facebook, which I'm sure many people who may be listening to this know who Jason is, Jason Alvin. And I came across a video of, of him taking his HIV medicine. He does a Facebook Live thing every single day, and he's been doing it for 800 and something days uh, live where he talks about HIV and the stigma, and, and, and by the end of the the show, uh, he takes his HIV medication, and, and, you know, it's just something so simple that is so, like, I don't know, like an aha moment, like something that's so easy to do that, you know, impacts so many people. And, you know, speaking to him beforehand, he, he's talked about that. So I want to, you know, welcome Jason Alvin to the show. Welcome, Jason. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you, guys. We're excited oh. to have you. Oh, um, so Brady, uh, um, I'm, I turned, I just turned forty. I was listening to you guys, so, um, uh, um, I just turned forty January thirtieth. So we're about the same age. So we got a couple things in common here. Um, nice. Yeah. So Jason, let me, let me, let me. That's you know, for people who who aren't familiar with your show. Uh, Jason is a social scientist, which is on Facebook. So if you haven't already liked it, go check it out, like it. You know, I was actually watching one yesterday or today that you posted, I guess it was within the last couple hours, I guess, or last night about being on the show. And I was watching it, and then all of a sudden I didn't realize that it was like four hours long. <laughs> yeah, most of my shows are four hours. <laughs> I didn't realize. Like, I, I guess mean, when like, I first was looking at them, I thought they were. Of hours of me. <laughs> That's Rambling. awesome. So, so first, tell us where, where, kind of about your diagnosis. Let's start there. Tell us, like, what made you get tested and, and what was your kind of knowledge of HIV at the time? Yeah, so um, I, uh, I last tested negative for HIV in January of 2015, and I first tested positive uh, in August of 2015. So somewhere in that eight-month period, uh, I contracted it, and um, uh, I had, uh, like a few different illnesses, like I had Giardia lambia and, uh, or Giardia, Giardia, Giardiasis, like, uh, and then angular chelitis, which is like a yeast infection in the corner of my lip. Um, and then I got hand, foot, mouth, hand, foot, mouth disease. And like, by the, by the time I got hand, foot, mouth disease, I caught it from my toddler. And adults don't usually get that. And I'm like, well... I don't know. Like it, it, it seems weird now, and so I, I decided I should go get tested again. And sure enough, uh, I came back positive. And um, yeah, I think um, my my uh, knowledge about HIV. You asked about that. It's uh, last thing I learned about HIV was like a, uh, in high school in 1997, a, a assembly, a, a um a couple that came in. They were both HIV positive, and uh, they didn't they didn't assembly and uh, just talked about the current. Uh, state of HIV, and uh, uh, so yeah, that was the last thing I, you know, uh, that I had learned. And um, you know, when I tell people so, how I, I contracted HIV, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was just wondering. So when the doctor uh, sat down and told you that that you tested positive, what was you know your initial thoughts, your reactions? I mean, was it something that was on your radar? You know, um, you know, I knew I had engaged in. Uh, uh, like I always say, I, I took a, a calculated risk, right? Like uh, uh, when the, in, in that assembly, I learned uh, that the, the riskiest form of sex is uh, receptive anal sex. So 
if I ever engaged in that, I always uh, uh, made sure the guy wore, wore a condom. But in my mind, that like that meant that you know that's the riskiest form. That meant these other forms of sex sex are less risky. And, yeah. Uh, so the, and so the, um you know I there's a number of times I didn't wear a condom and uh, I think I'm pretty sure that's that's how I contracted it. Um, you know, and if, you know, if, if instead of just playing those games and like, you know, hoping for the best, if I would have just typed HIV into the Google search box and, uh, you know, I'm the, I'm the type of person, if I would have learned about prep, I def- definitely would have used it. And so, um, yeah, I think, uh, um, sometimes, yeah, it, you know, knowledge is power for sure. That's part of the reason I like to get the message out. Right. So you were, you were diagnosed in, in August of 2016. So, um, 2015. Right. So tell me, where did the idea, like, did you, did you immediately start taking medication or was there a, a break? And then where did the idea of doing this, this Facebook live show come from? Yeah. So, uh, I was, I was, uh, HIV positive for just over a year before I started doing the show. And, uh, um, I think, um, part of, part of the inspiration for doing the show is, um, you know, to, uh, I, you know, I've been taking the pill every day and, uh, and had no problems remembering to take it, but, you know, just over, it had, I've been HIV positive for about a year. And, um, I think other, like, there was other stressors going on in my life. And, uh, I, I, um, found I, I missed the dose and I'm like, well, you know, I, I couldn't before that, like HIV was like, so all consuming, like I couldn't imagine ever missing a dose. Like, and then, uh, my, uh, when I missed a dose, like, I'm like, well, uh, I had, I had been doing some live shows in, in private Facebook groups and I, I'd wanted to do something more public and, uh, missing that dose is like, well, you know, maybe I could just combine the two. Like maybe, I, you know, just take the pill daily live. And I was sort of also inspired by like people who like take selfies of their, or take pictures of their kid every day for a year and you get to see the, the change over, uh, over that period of time or, or any or any sort of project where the whole is greater than the sum of the parts or like, wow. takes the pressure off of, of, of uh, individual pills. You know, like I don't have to, each show doesn't have to be good because like the, it's more about the, 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 the whole, I guess. Well, no, you, Jason, you make a great point. It's like those, like I myself, um, this year makes a decade that I have been living with HIV and you, and, a lot of people just assume that, okay, so you get used to taking a pill every day, but people forget life happens and life gets in the way. And, and I myself have, have gone to bed, you know, gotten up in the morning, gone throughout my day, and at the end of the night I'm about to go to bed, and I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't take my medicine today. So, so adherence um, for some is, is an issue. So it's amazing that you have found this platform to not only help yourself, but also help others. I think that's amazing. Um, so tell us, Jason, what kind of, since you've been doing the show, what kind of uh, stigma factors have you, have you seen arise or have you faced in doing the show? Um, let's, you know, uh, you know, definitely experiencing trolls. Like uh, there's uh, people that um, come in and, you know, I think, I, I've experienced more um, stigma, I guess, in, in uh, more of my real life, I guess. Like, I mean, I've definitely experienced uh, discrimination at work and, um, uh, and you know, family, friends, 
and just like people just say really hurtful things. Like I, um, I was talking to Robert on the phone a little bit yesterday, and um, got me thinking about and you know, uh, you know how how I've been discriminated against, and you know people you know people say things like you know I. Um, right after I was diagnosed, like, uh, people said, like, I want to help you, but you know, you're on this path of self-destruction or people say you did this to yourself or people say, how could he do this to his family? Or, you know, just like, I don't know people. And, um, yeah, people just say really hurt, hurt, um, hurtful right. things. Those, yeah. yeah, we totally get it. Most of us, uh, you know, living with the virus, especially those of us who live, you know, out of the closet about our HIV status do face a lot of the <laughs> online troll stuff, um, it kind of blows my own mind about how people can be so so hateful and so heartless and uh, and have show no compassion. How have you dealt with with facing those kind of comment stigma? I, I try to tell myself um, that they they serve a purpose, right? Like uh, that this the 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 trolls that come in uh, and give me a hard time on the show they they like uh, they represent the the stigma that we all face in life. And like, uh, uh, I like to say that negative examples can serve this uh, almost as powerful example as a positive example. Like people, uh, people that, uh, that watch the show, they, uh, they can see the trolls and how they behave and say like, Oh, that's really ugly. I don't, I don't like how, like, I don't like that the way they're behaving right now. And especially, you know, like when people, uh, when trolls are being cruel and I'm, I'm not doing, I'm not doing anything to, to deserve it. And I'm not, getting angry back and I'm, you know, like, uh, I don't know, treating them with respect. Like I think, uh, when people see people, uh, innocent people being hurt, I think it, it makes them realize, Hey, that's, I don't want, I don't want to be like that. You know, like that's, uh, I don't know. I just, yeah. I just think that, um, I just tried to tell, tell myself that, yeah, or, or they also serve a purpose in that they help, um, you know, every, every comment, every, every reaction is a, a bump, right. <laughs> Another view. I guess. Right. But it's not – do you use it as an opportunity, and I, and I think you just kind of answered this, instead of responding with, with hate or, or, or whatnot, you, you respond with education and, and advice. Right, right. I mean, I just try to um, – um, I try to always treat people with respect. Even if, I, if I'm not being treated with respect, I try to uh, give them that courtesy. And um, I don't know. Yeah, I just uh, – uh, I, I would say I like to um, I, t- I take after Jesus, but um, instead of turning the other cheek, I just I turn around and spread both cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! I have never heard that. Well, Jason, so um, tell us real quick. Okay, so you're married and you have kids. How did your diagnosis impact your family? Oh, it's you know it's that it's been definitely been rough. Like, you know, I think my wife and I were, uh, uh, struggled even before the diagnosis. Right. Um, uh, um, I, uh, she always knew that I was bisexual. Right. Um, yeah, but no one else in my family, no one in, um, like none of my coworkers or anything knew that, but, uh, she knew that before we were a couple, uh, but, you know, right. uh, both, um, but it was about like, uh, seven years into our marriage, like, you know, we were struggling and, uh, I decided to come out, um, uh, on Facebook as, as bisexual. Like I was doing a, um, an admin position on this Facebook page that, uh, and, um, that like focused on, uh, gay rights and things like that. And I, you know, I'm, 
instead of posting as an ally, I'm like, well, you know, I, I know that I'm, I'm, you know, in my heart that I'm bisexual, I'm going to just like embrace it. And, uh, and then once I did that, I, I decided I want, I, I told my wife, I wanted to explore the, my bi, bi, bisexuality, um, cause things were, you know, and, uh, um, that that alone was a difficult time in our marriage, and then it was about a, a year after uh, coming out uh, that I was diagnosed. And yeah, I mean, it was it, it, definitely at first it was uh, uh, peace with it now, but uh, it was a, a struggle at first. Um, I mean, she was scared for herself uh, when when I was right. first diagnosed. Um, and but well, uh, she ended up. That just says a lot about her and, and just about a lot about the two of you being able to work together as a couple to get through all of that. Um, I think that's amazing. Uh, have your have your children faced any kind of any kind of stigmas or anything because of your diagnosis not, or, or not yet. I, I keep waiting for that day, right? Um uh they're uh eight and seven right now. Uh and um they uh they they've met a couple people like at, in their gymnastics class like that have have known my show what my show is like they like oh i know who jason is a social scientist he's that guy that wears a tutu and dances in a beard <laughs> and has a beard right <laughs> <laughs> so they they didn't even mention the hiv and i don't you know like the, my kids have uh like cuz they know i take a pill every day they know that about, that much about the show and so uh and they've asked about why I take the pill and I've told them HIV, but, uh, I don't, th- I don't think they really have a, uh, comprehend what HIV is. Uh, right. and I, yeah, I'm sure it's coming though. Like they're going to get made fun of eventually because the dad is AIDS or whatever. Right. You know, like that's, that's, that's going to for the, for Jason, for our other listeners who are, who are parents with, with young children, um, uh, who are and talking about the, the adults who are living with HIV, have you made any kind of preparations or what are you doing to, have you done any kind of like work on the front end in preparation for when these, because they're right at that age, they're at that inquisitive age uh, where they're going to start about to start asking a lot of questions. What kind of work or preparation have you done to be able to have those conversations with them when it does arise? Uh, um I really, you know, like I, it's something that we have to really work on. Um, um, I don't, I haven't, I, I need, to, I need to really look into that and get some advice on that. I guess. Totally understandable. Totally understandable. Because I, I mean, I'm sure you're not alone. There are, I, I know, lots of parents out there who have had to navigate um, through that, through that experience. So. Yeah, I mean, so far the, uh, so far the, 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 my kids view that they, they just see it through the prism of the show and they see it as a, as a positive thing. Um, but yeah, that, that date is coming where it's, um, it's, it's going to be a, a painful discussion, I'm sure. Gotcha. Uh, well, I think having, uh, you know, this, sh- I'm sorry, I just real quick, I just wanted to say, I think just having the show itself is a, is a positive thing, you know, for you to share with your kids when they get a little bit older, you know, the conversation is, is something that's had all the time. There's a lot of people that I know personally who have kids who have had conversations. So if you want to connect with somebody who is a parent, you know, a father who maybe who has spoke to their kids about it and maybe want some advice, you know, we can definitely help you in that direction. But I think, I think just in the way that you raise them is, is, is going to, 
is going to be, you know, enough. I think from, I can see from the way you're acting, I have one of your videos streaming right now, and you're walking around, <laughs> you've got some gun in your hand, I don't know what you're doing, hitting some buttons from what I can see. But, um, you know, one of the, 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 my favorite things about the videos is that it's, is, is this your office that it's, you stream it from? No, this, um, the camera's in the kitchen, and it kind of overlooks, it's like an open floor plan, it overlooks into the living room. Okay. When I'm standing there, it's like right in front of the stove. Oh, okay. Uh, I see. So well, my, I said it to you before that my favorite thing in the whole entire thing is, is your Masters of the Universe masks, and I'm going to come there to Wisconsin and take them off your wall because I want them. <laughs> um, they're, they're, they're awesome. I, I, I love them. I want to know where you got them. I want them so bad. Um, but, like, so where do, do you get all these things? Because I see, like, Gumby. I see Barbie. You know, I see Pac-Man games. Where, where do you get all of your collectibles? Are these things that you've collected through the years? or? Well, definitely, like, the um, like the, the He-Man masks in particular. I got those uh, when I was in high school at, like, at St. Vincent de Paul, like, um, sort of like a Catholic uh, goodwill for kind of thing, a resale shop. Um, so, yeah, and I, you know, I collected a lot of stuff, like, at, at antique stores, uh, resale shops, and then, um, but then um, since I uh, started doing the show, people have been sending me things, too. Like, I don't, I don't know if you could, uh, if you look at the um, it, the things near the camera um, uh, and then the things farther away from the camera, there's, like, a there's a miniature fireplace and there's a big fireplace, and then there's a miniature uh keyboard uh, somebody sent me that miniature keyboard and then there's a, a big keyboard that i actually can play on and there's a, a miniature tv oh, and a miniature entertainment center and a, a big the big tv and the big you know everything's sort of like forced perspective kind of thing so like um uh, and so uh like i try to get anything that's in the, the the background i try to mirror it in the front um and people have been sending sending me things or i um or I collect things at garage sales or yeah. Uh, it, you know, that's one of the, one of the fun aspects of the show because like, um, like that Star Trek banner that's hung up in the background or those, those He-Man masks, I've had those for like 25 years and they've just been sitting in a box for, for, for all this time. And it's, it's really cool to be able to like share them with people and like uh, put them to use. So that's, that's been a fun aspect for sure. Yeah. I think it's awesome. You know, as a collector myself, uh, I think it's fun. I, I find new, every time I'm watching, I, I, I find something new. But I'm like, oh, I didn't see that before, or I didn't see this. Like you pointed out the Star Trek uh, poster in the back. I didn't even see that until right now when you said that. So, no, I think it's awesome. I think it's a, it's a really way to, to, to stay, you know, memorable. People will remember the videos because of all the things that you have. And like you said, I think you have what you have, and one of them is you call it your swag, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like to like the way you said it. I like to uh, basically trick people, and you know, n- people don't necessarily want to like sit down and go to school about you know about uh, HIV education, uh, or you know, like but you know, like the just like trick them into like you know, like with uh, visual stimuli, like just long enough to come in and say, "Hey, what is this? What is it? what the hell's going on here?" And be like, "Aha! Now I got you. Now you, now you learned. Ha ha." Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I love it. So, um, hey, um, I want to, I want to throw this out just real quick. I just want to throw this out real quick. Um, an amazing advocate, um, Shiren Jones, and her daughter, Shylan Jones, just recently put out a kids' activity book. It's called Language is Art. Um, you can order it off of Amazon and from our Barnes & Noble. You can order it online. 
Um, but that is, uh, I just want to throw that plug in there real quick for her and the amazing work that they have done. Um, but it is an amazing little activity book for, for parents to sit down with children and talk about HIV uh, and to kind of help uh, eliminate the stigma of the virus. Um, but uh, Jason, in watching your show, I, I've seen you talk a lot about PrEP. Um, I love also that you talk about U equals U. But those of us living with the virus, we all know that HIV is just a small part of our lives. What other um, things do you do you talk about and 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 all on your show other than HIV, or is it just HIV focused? Uh, I I, it's, uh, I try to focus it on the community. Um, uh, the uh, in the um, bottom right of the um, of the screen, I uh, I have a, a, a the show going on a screen with a, a magnifying glass with the the people's comments. Um, so people uh like when I download this show from Facebook and upload it to youtube the the facebook comments don't don't go along and that way people um get to um, capture at least part of people's conversation and you know, i just uh, i think the you know, like it's the the community aspect uh, um and really let the um people um drive the show uh and awesome. the, the, the daily viewers uh, and I, also, I like to play music too i have a um i uh, inherited a, a phonograph um from my parents and i also have my own uh phonograph that i got when i was in um when i when i first moved out of the house and so i play old 78s you know music from the the 30s and the 20s and um and uh i i like to read too i like read i've been reading stephen king short stories or um or yeah, just different, different read different books, um, Dr. Seuss books and uh, childhood nursery That's rhyme awesome. books that I had, and uh, anything anything to fill the time really four hours a night, <laughs> anything to fill the time. That's awesome. And I, oh, I also like to embrace the stigma of not just uh, HIV to the stigma of substance use. Um, you know, I know that uh, uh, I'm. I'm uh, I'm a registered nurse, and I'm also um, board certified in psychiatry. I worked for 12 years on an inpatient psych- psychiatric unit before um, uh, I, I stopped working. I've been I've been off for the past couple of years, uh, but um, yeah, definitely uh, well, one of the things. Um, well, I would love to talk. I want to talk more about that um, about your about you being an RN, and we will do that right after we listen to Josh Robbins and this week's HIV scoop. This is the all-new HIV Scoop with Josh Robbins, exclusively for Pause I Am Radio. This week's buzzworthy sexual health news in under two minutes. Here's Josh Robbins with this week's HIV Scoop. Well, what is up? Y'all, this is crazy. It's 2019, and hello, boys. And listeners, uh, I ain't spoke to y'all since last year. Did you miss me? Well, good. Here's what is happening already in 2019. First, it seems that the media had their eyes glazed in celebrity this week, as most every major celebrity news and gossip site just didn't give a rat's ass about HIV stigma. Here's what happened. Steve-O, a popular shock reality stunt TV star from the show Jackass back in the day, sat down with sportscaster Graham Bessinger to discuss his battles with addiction on Bessinger's in-depth show. During the course of the interview, Steve-O recalled snorting cocaine, quote, 
tainted with the blood of an HIV-positive drug dealer, end quote. And he continues by actually identifying that dealer with some specificity that people knowledgeable about this person could potentially identify them. Whoa, that's a problem. We never support the outing of someone's HIV status, and we believe that sharing the info that once his HIV hit the air, it's almost immediately not infectious. Did any news or media outlet report that fact? No. And every media site republished Stevo disclosing the alleged HIV status of someone else. And it's pretty shameful. We must speak out about these stories. I reached out to GLAAD for support. And as of this airing, we have not received any response. That, too, is a shame. Wow. Well, next, settling allegations of discrimination filed by the Massachusetts Attorney General's Office, Mutual of Omaha has agreed not to deny insurance to people who use medications to prevent HIV infection, mainly PrEP. The insurer also settled a lawsuit brought by an unidentified gay man in Massachusetts who was turned down for long-term care insurance after acknowledging that he took an HIV uh, prevention drug called Truvada, end quote. Well, good for that, too. Finally, Charlie Sheen has a new outlook on life. More than three years after publicly revealing that he was diagnosed with HIV on NBC with Matt Lauer. Quote, I try not to think too far down the line, you know. The 53-year-old actor told Us Weekly while attending the California Strong Celebrity Softball game. He continues by saying, quote, I made some changes to give myself a shot to do some cool things professionally. And I'm proud of finally being consistent and reliable and noble. Anyway, good for him and good week to you all. I'm Josh Robbins. This was the first HIV scoop of 2019. Say what? Awesome. Thank you, Josh Robbins, and for that HIV scoop. Um, now, Jason, right before we went to the scoop, um, you had mentioned that you are an RN. I am very curious. Um, in my own advocacy work, I receive lots of questions and, and lots of yeah, lots of just inquiries about people who are thinking about a profession in the medical career or in a medical career and wondering how their HIV diagnosis will impact that. Have, have, what kind of barriers have you faced or challenges have you faced that you've had to overcome being HIV positive working, at, working as an RN? Well, you know, it was uh... – uh, there's definitely a lot of ignorance out there. Um, when I was first diagnosed, like I, uh, I had a hard time and, um, uh, uh, with my own mental health and I, I, um, went in the inpatient psychiatric unit, uh, at, um, right after I was diagnosed and the psychiatrist on the inpatient unit, uh, uh, she wasn't even sure that I'd be, uh, able to continue to be, continue to work as a, as a nurse. And I was, uh, I, I didn't know. And I was like, that was, you know, I was already devastated and I was doubly devastating. And, um, uh, and then when I did go back to work, I, um, I reached out to employee health, uh, just like out of the sense of due diligence, I guess, to, um, to inform them and, uh, ask them, you know, like ask them if there's anything I should do differently. And, um, they called back, uh, about a week later and uh they suggested i think this is ridiculous right is that, but like they suggested that i uh wear long sleeves uh to protect the psych patients in case they scratch me <laughs> all right oh wow i don't know right i mean this is ridiculous um uh and 
uh, my and my like my coworkers were you know like uh, some of them were supportive, but others were just like you know like really judgmental, talking behind my back, speculating uh, how I contracted it, and uh, um, and you know just like I said earlier, like saying things like uh, how could he do that to his family, and you know just like you know just nasty stuff like um, right. And, you know, and well, it, I'm, I'm it constantly it, I'm continu- I'm sorry. I was just to say I'm continually amazed at as to how much ignorance there is in the medical profession when it comes to HIV. All of the outdated ideas and you know, especially now living in, a, in an age of you equals you, uh, how much ignorance exists among medical professionals. Uh, and like you just said, they told you to wear long sleeves. That is just mind-boggling to me. Um, but do you yeah. take those up? to help educate and to help promote, you know, positive messaging? Uh, at the, um, at, well, that was right after I was diagnosed. So I, I didn't know better. Right. <laughs> I just like, I, right. uh, I kind of, I rolled my eyes, but I didn't, you know, like I, I, I wasn't uh, comfortable um, enough to, uh, to be an advocate yet, I guess. Right. No. And that takes, it takes a little bit of time to, to develop that thick skin that, that those of us who, who are, um, you know, advocates and especially on social media, it takes some time to develop that. I, I know that I would not be co-hosting a pause. I am radio podcast, uh, you know, right, right <laughs> after my diagnosis either. So, so, but and yeah, also I, want to, um, I also want to point out and give you kudos for, for realizing that you needed some help and, and reaching out and getting the, the mental help that you needed to help deal with your diagnosis. So kudos to you for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, definitely. You know, like that's one thing that, you know, as you know, when working as a, uh, on a psych unit, like I always tried to, uh, teach people that there's no shame in, uh, uh, reaching out for help when you need it. And, you know, like, I don't want to be a hypocrite, right. You know, we we all, I, I, I like to say mental illness is universal. Like we all, we all uh, face things in our life that we, we can't do, uh, we can't uh, take on um, by ourselves that we, we need help sometimes. So. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, uh, you were talking about uh, the medical field and kind of the ignorance and, and, and how that moment, um, you know, are the moments that kind of help build our, our, our like, like Brady was saying, our thick skin. You know, I know it was, a, it was a moment like that for me that kind of really plunged me into it's time for me to take the step and become an activist. What was that moment for you like that you made that decision like, okay, I'm going to do this? Like what, what was the thing that no. pushed you kind of over the edge to be like, you know what, I don't give a crap anymore? Uh, well, you know, I, I think, uh, I was already there when I was diagnosed. Like, I think I was, uh, um, I was already, uh, uh, advocating for, um, like gay rights and, uh, rights for, uh, um, LGBTQ, you know, that, that sort of thing pretty openly. Um, uh, and I sort of felt like when I, um, when I was diagnosed, I felt like, uh, uh, here I was like celebrating being out of the closet. And then, um, I felt like, uh, was it HIV? I, I didn't. Felt, it for, sort of felt like a, a, another sort of closet, like a, a deeper, darker closet. I'm like, I was like, hell no, I'm not going in any another closet, right? Like, I, I, I'm right. not going back. Yeah. So, uh, so, so it's kind I of like, like I, instant I, almost. Yeah, I, I, and um, so, but I, I, I didn't have the idea to do the show right away, though. I think that it, right. um, the, 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 the. the and that's where my real advocate advocacy work really 
started, I think, with uh, is through the show. But I think that was more like a, a way to just relieve social isolation because, you know, I. Yeah, uh, you know, we were talking I, about that kind of, you know, social isolation and kind of um, uh, in, in the pre-interview yesterday, uh, Jason, me and you. And, you know, it was something that I kind of dealt with. And, you know, doing that show, you said, has kind of really helped you come out of that shell a little bit. Um, how has the, the positive feedback been? Um, you know, from people who are watching, because I mean, I'm I'm seeing you on Facebook, and you have what is it over twelve thousand uh, subscribers to your to your show? Yeah, it's get, it, yeah, it's get like twelve thousand six hundred something like that, and I, I'm just uh uh like um like hundreds like like probably almost like four hundred like uh, five star reviews like people are just like like tons of kind things that uh, people have said you know like they just like. I don't know. Whenever I have to, whenever I feel bad about about myself, I just go and go in there and like just look at all the kind things that people have, have you know, or just going on the show every night. The people that come back every night and uh, just uh, are there, uh, and you know, people uh, like I said, people have sent me gifts and people have sent me money. Even like people have just been really, really generous and kind. And um, uh, yeah, I think um, um, yeah, like because. Uh, Right after I was diagnosed, I just felt really let down by like by by family, by friends, by by everyone, right? By coworkers, and um, and I just like I I really felt like just really like hurt by everybody, and I just um was a way for like doing the show was a way to relieve that isolation without um without actually putting my in a way that felt safe because uh, people really felt uh, dangerous to me, I guess. Like they're just people That's are just so hurtful. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You know, a part of being an activist and an and advocate, uh, you know, you you give so much to help others, but there's so much like kind of like self-care that's also done, you know, to help relieve and replenish your soul and make you feel better because you're doing so much and you get so much back out of it, I feel. Um, and your show is a prime example of how, you know, you were doing it for one thing and getting another in return. One of the the things that I have somebody tweeting to us, because we have some questions here on Twitter. You can tweet us at Pause Radio. Um, you know, a lot of people still stigmatize uh, bisexuality, um, even in 2019. Do you feel that that is kind of equal to, or do you face more of uh, the stigma for the HIV, or how do you feel that they kind of balance each other out? I would say that... Uh... The, the stigma for bisexuality is real. It's not as I wouldn't say it's as great as uh, uh, as HIV, but um, um, that uh, when I uh, when I would use Grinder for sure, I definitely um, experience uh, um, discrimination for being bisexual because I'd be open about being married, and people are like, "What are you doing on here? You're married." Like, you're, like and uh, I don't know. To people, to people just uh, yeah, people. Um, um the 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 gay community could definitely be uh, uh closed off to uh you know people like um Dan Savage is a perfect example of you know of people that just like just deny the existence of bisexuality or bisexual people cool so one last question i got for you is uh what are your social media handles so people can follow you like we said earlier you are on facebook and they can uh, search uh Jason is a social scientist, but do you have? Are you on any other social media where people can follow you? Yeah, I have. I have a YouTube um, um, channel as well, also called Jason is a social scientist, and um, and then I have. Uh, I don't. I don't use it a whole lot, but I have a, a Twitter uh, following. Uh, 
uh, a Twitter handle, Bear Boobian. Alrighty then. I think. Uh, are you there, Jason? I'm still here. Yeah. All right. So I just want to thank you real quick for being on the show. We're down to the last few seconds. So I enjoyed uh, our time with you, and I can't wait to watch more of your videos uh, and see what other uh, He-Man collectibles you seem to find. <laughs> thank you both so much. No, thank you, I had you, a really Jason. good time today. I, I just want to commend you again for everything you're doing to, to confront stigma and not only HIV, but also, like you said, in bisexuality and, and making sure that that the that the B and LGBT is not being invisible and being erased. So so thank you for that as well. Well, thank you guys for all your great work too. Keep up the great work. It's awesome. Uh, I, I, you know, I, 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 all the advocates working together here, like getting the message out. It's really important. So thank you. All right, there you go. Thank you so much, Jason. We hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. It is today is Super Bowl Sunday, isn't it, Brady? <laughs> I, I just said that there's a Maroon 5 concert at some point on TV today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, um, you know, uh, before we go, I do want to uh, let people know that recently uh, I did a Facebook Live interview on uh, Kevin Maloney, our friend here at the show, uh, his Rise Up to HIV Facebook page. Me and the Positively Fearless Ambassadors were there speaking about self-care, so go check that out on Facebook and check out the interview. And Brady will be returning um, in a month. Like I said, we have another project that we're working on, so you're going to hear more about that. Follow us on social media for information. But um, we come back, uh, what is it, March 3rd? Yes, we will see everyone back on March 3rd. All right, so yeah, March 3rd it is, it seems. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in, and I will talk to you all next week. Next month. (laughs) Next month. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Pause I Am Radio, your dose of hope. Connect with the show at pauseiamradio.com or on social media, and we'll see you next time.